We're holding Kufcha Gimel Amid Beis, and this uh, lesson, like the other ones before, but especially now, is real schus for my father, Rafal Pinchas Machai Rivka, Shavu Rafu Shleima, Bekreva, with without any complications. Um, we're holding the Mishnah Kufcha Gimel Amid Beis, the first Mishnah. We're still discussing the ideas of Muktza. So we're to, the, a basic idea in Muktza is. That number one, it has to be a keli. It has to be designed for use. If it's not designed for use, that's a muktza. Now, the Mishnah many times points out that the rules, what's called a keli for Shabbos or for Tumah is different, many times. Tumah also, in order to become tummy, something has to be designed for a utensil. However, Tumah, obviously, Tumah Vitara is a choik, it has rules from the Yavishna. And therefore, sometimes there are rules which aren't necessarily logical. For example, um, uh, a wooden utensil can only become tummy if it's a click kibble, if it holds something inside. If it's designed for usage but doesn't hold anything inside, then it's not mekabal tuma. However, for Shabbos, it's a logical rule. If it's designed for a keli, it's designed for a use, so it wasn't put aside for my usage. And therefore, there could be things which are not mekabal tumah, but are considered a keli for shams. So one of the examples are when they would when they press olives, they gather the olives together in a barrel. They want it to become softer, and they have like a bamboo inside that they mix it, uh, or, uh, or also they check it. We'll see soon, but they mix it in order to help the softening process, in order to help it get ready to be pressed. Now, sometimes this, as we'll see later in the Gemara. The, the the bamboo at the end, as we know, the bamboos has these have these bumps, and therefore there's uh, sometimes it could be blocked, and therefore it could as it, it could hold something inside. So sometimes they would pick up the bamboo, look at the bottom, and see if some oil drips back into that small cup that you have on the top of the bamboo, um, then then uh, that 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 shows that it's that it's ripe already. If there isn't oil that dripped out, that oozed out, and that dripped into that bamboo, then it's not ripe yet. So it would do two jobs, to mix it and to check it. However, if it was a hollow bamboo and it couldn't hold any oil, it would just do one job. It would just do the mixing part. Says the, Gimor, says the Mishnah, this bamboo that's used within this barrel, which is holding the olives, preparing them for pressing. If it's blocked on the top, mikabel tuma. Then it's, it holds oil, so it's mekabel tumah. Vim laven, if not, ain't mekabel tumah. It's not mekabel tumah because it's not a kli kibble. However, benkach or benkach nitel b'shabbos, you still can move it on Shabbos because who cares? It was designated for a use. Who cares if it's a kli kibble on Shabbos? That doesn't matter. So the Gemara explains over here, what we said, Baal the Gemara explains over here, why would any time a bamboo serve, become mekabel tumah? The Gemara understood that the usage of the bamboo is just to mix. That was the initial understanding. And not only that, even if it has a blockage, it's upside down because the top part of the bamboo is sticking out of this barrel. So what wouldn't typically hold anything inside? Why would it be called a kibu? Amai, why would any time a bamboo become a kabul tumab? It's a wooden utensil which has no insert, does not hold anything inside. That's the rule. Why? My timer, what's the reason for that? 
the, the Torah says creates a sack. It puts together a sack and a wooden utensil. A wooden utensil, if it serves like a sack, it holds something inside, then it's makabal tumah, otherwise it's not. So it's a So why would a bamboo become a kabal tumah? There's a bright in the name of Reb The reason is when he's mixing the olives in order to prepare them for pressing, he turns it over, but he looks inside on the top part to see if there's any oil dripped inside. And therefore, he knows that it's ready, so it does has a dual purpose. It also holds some oil inside, and therefore it's makabal too. Okay. Continues the Mishnah in the topic of which we mentioned earlier about kis, a utensil that people that's designated for prohibited use, and you would not use it for anything else because it's delicate and it could get ruined. So the Mishnah brings two examples. All utensils, at some point, you may be able to move them, whatever it would be. Besides a large saw, the Yosef Shelmachar, which they would they would chop beams for for the roof with it, and and therefore they have to make sure it's straight. It's not they're not just uh, they, they, they they want to cut it very straight. They don't want it to get damaged. Um, uh, the peg, the, the 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 bottom of the plow. What do you call it? the plow shield? When they plow the field, they have like this uh, like a peg which that actually plows. The ground. So again, it's very delicate. They want to make sure that it should it should do the job properly. It should make straight lines. It should, it should it should plow well, and therefore they don't want it to get any dents, any damage, and therefore it's uh, therefore it's uh, it's it's uh, you're not allowed to use it for anything else. You won't use it for anything else, and therefore it's it's uh, so. Says the Gemara, Amr of Nachman of Nachman is bringing more examples for Mukta Machmas Chesrinkis. Hai Uchla de Katsri. So Rashi explains it's like a certain uh, bowl that the people that used to make laundry used to have. They would, pour, they would put the clothes inside and pour water on it and it would drip out through the holes. So uh, again, they didn't want it to get dirty and ruined. They wanted to keep it clean and nice. And therefore, it's also Kiyosichal Machreshadom. It's like this peg, like the blade of this plow shield. That it's delicate and you don't want it to get ruined. I'm going to buy another example. The blade of uh, uh, tanners that they, when they cut, not that tanners, I'm sorry, of uh, cobblers. When they make, when they cut the leather in order to make shoes, again, they want it to, to be sharp, to be to, to cut smoothly. The same as the sakina da ashkafta, the a, a knife of a, a butcher's knife. This is a, a knife of the carpenters. Also, it's the same idea. They don't want it to get damaged, and they, they're very particular about it. And therefore, it's it's Okay. Now we're going back to history. The history of the Malach of the of the of the Xero of Muktza. We complain maybe today Muktza is so hard, but really it used to be much harder. And then they took it down a bit. It was in the time of Yirmiya Novi. I'm sorry, time of Nehemiah. I'm sorry, time of Nehemiah, beginning of the second Mishnah People were mechalal Shabbos, and in order to make sure they shouldn't be mechalal Shabbos, he made a very strict gzeira, as we'll see. And slowly they saw there's no need to go so far, and they did made it smaller and smaller until what we have today. 
the first step of the Xayda, they said, you may move only three utensils on Shabbos, nothing else. The knife to cut the, the, the pressed dried figs. The ladle on t- uh, that they would take out the, 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 the scum on top of the pot. So the, 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 that ladle which they would, they would, serve, they would uh, use for the pot, it's a ladle they need, they allow to move that, shal The sakin ktana shal gabi the small knife on the table, they had no forks or spoons those days. They would eat with the fingertips and cut it with a knife. So the knife you need to have, but nothing else. And that's it. So as Tosu says, obviously there's some more things, that the obvious things like cups and plates and jugs, that's obvious. But anything which is not obvious was only these three utensils. And they said, nothing else, you may not move anything. Yeah. There were three stages afterwards of making things more lenient until we have what we have today. Until they said, as we say in our Mishnah, all utensils may be moved on Shabbos. Besides a large saw, and this blade of the plowship. What are these three stages? Let's know. Let's hear. I'm going to buy it like this. Stage number one was any utensil which is designated for any permitted use, not just these three, you're allowed to move if you want to use it. Stage number two, not only if you want to use it, if you want to clear the space, you're also allowed to move it. And then later they, they permitted like we said earlier, Abai is now agreeing to what we said earlier, that he didn't say, but that the Rav said earlier, that they later allowed uh, to use it for permitted usage in, for that, yes. But no, you're not allowed to move it to use its space as Abai. And another thing, they also had a limit on the size or on the weight. Beyond the yachas, if you can carry it with one hand in, then you can move it. If you need two hands, you're not allowed to move it. That was the, 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 the second stage. The final stage was, you're allowed to move. I'm sorry, no, no, no. You're allowed to move even a keilin shemalach to the yisur. And the final step was, they allowed to move it, uh, even if it's a large size, even if you have to hold it with two hands, it doesn't sound like it took away the, the limitation that has to be the Tzorich Kufay. Rava doesn't agree with the logic. Rava says, using it and using its space is the exact same thing. There's no reason to allow me to use it for any other usage. And not to allow me to clear its space. If you can move it to use, you can move it to use its space. It's the same exact thing. He does not agree with that logic. And therefore, the three stages cannot include steps within using it or using its space. Let's see. He said they allowed it. They allowed it. They allowed something. What's the difference if it's to use it or to use its space? If they allow you to use it for a need. Then they allow you for any need. Who cares which need it is? It, it's space, it's the same exact thing. 
the stages were different. First step was they said that something which is here for which is used for permitted usage, you can move for any usage, it or its space. Stage number two, they said that a cane which is allowed for which is designated for permitted usage, you can move to protect the cane as well. Something which has a prohibited usage, you may move for it using it or using its space, but not to protect it, for example, from sun to shade. And still, they said, if one man can carry it and he could move it, if you need two people, until they said, call a and So the final step is Rabbi added a few leniencies. A you could move to protect it, which Rabbi didn't agree. you could move the Tzarech Mekoymei, Rabbi didn't agree. Any Kaili you can move, even if two people need to carry it, Rabbi didn't agree. He said the final step was one person in two hands, but two people not. So it's a machlaikis in the stages which result in a machlaikis in the Allah. Aizamay Abayah. Abayah asked the question on Rabbi. You're telling me that you're allowed to move a prohibited utensil to use its space. So let's see. Meducha, the mortar. It says in Yesh Bashum, if it has garlic, metaphalonis, you may move it. If you're not allowed to move it, what? For no reason, you're not allowed to move anything. So what are you talking about? To move it? Probably to use its space. And nevertheless, they only allowed you to do that when there's food inside. Otherwise, you cannot move it to use its space. Answers, Rava, here we're talking about to protect the mortar from sunlight, for example. If you want to protect it, you could only move it if it has garlic. Otherwise, you may not move it. Early, we had a different answer, but this is a smoother answer. Early, we said it's from the Chemyu. Here's, you know, you could say it's everyone. That's, uh, we're telling you that you're not allowed to move it to protect it. Hey, so we had another question. The same question we had before. The pestle of, the, of, the, of this mortar, if you cut meat on it, you may not move it once you finished because it's It's meant to crush grains. So, um, so we see that you're not allowed to move a permitted utensil probably to use its space. So he answered, no, we're talking about if you're only moving it in order to protect it, you're not allowed to. Uh, in one second. Yeah, okay, that's that. Okay. So there's no question on Rava. Fine. Says when did this first Zayra happen? When was this, this historical event that they made a big Zayra? When did it happen? The main Nechemi ben Chachali in the beginning of the second Mishnah, when Nechemi was in charge of the Eden. That's when this Mishnah was said. We have Mishnahs that were passed on Balpeh from Moshe Rabbeinu's times. So a few of them we could trace back to sometimes in history. So for example, this one we trace back to Nehemiah's times. What, is it, where, what do we see in Nehemiah? In those days, I saw in the land of Yehuda people that would press uh, grapes in their, what do you call it, in the wine press. They would press it on Shambas. They would carry uh, bundles of wheat. Yeah? 
So we so so they, they were mechalal shamas. So he wanted to make sure they don't they're not mechalal shamas. He had to hold them a bit stricter in order for them, uh, in order for them to to be more careful than shamas in general. So he said, you know what? Don't move anything because if you carry anything, you're gonna start carrying outside and selling it. Stop. Don't move anything at all unless you really, 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 really need it. That was his first step of the exam. Fine. Amar Abilazim. Not only this b'raisa trace is traced back to Nehemiah's times, we can find more b'raisas which have interesting statements, and the only explanation to them will be that you could trace it back to Nehemiah's times. For example, um, so he says like this, Amar Abilazim, the Amar Abilazim, Konin, the sticks, um, uh, okay, the sticks, we'll see so much sticks, the hollow sticks, umakles, and the other sticks, glustra, this is a, um, they would, uh, like, what do you call it? Um, when you, you close the door, you, like, you put a, um, uh, uh, like, huh? Bolt. A bolt. So sometimes if it has on the top of it, like a round, like a bowl, we'll see soon. Umeducha and the mortar, Kulam, all those Mishnahs, Kodim, Atoras, Kalim, Nishnu, word from the times of Nehemiah. Kodim, let's look at this, at these uh, hollow bamboos. The Tanana says like this regarding the Shulchan. The Shulchan between them, the, 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 the Lechem upon him, there were hollow half bamboo shapes between each level of Lechem upon him. Now, what they would do is like this. That's what says the Mishnah. They had to change the Lechem upon him and Shams. So there was for some reason an issue of putting or removing these half bamboos, not bamboos, but bamboo shapes on Shams. And therefore they would remove it out of Shabbos, and they would have only the Lechem upon them stacked one on top of the other without anything in between. They would switch it, like with two groups of, of uh, Koyanim, they would switch it on Shabbos, and then suddenly they would put back those half sticks. So why Sidur HaKonim not setting them up, and not removing them, why not? They're, they're meant for permitted use. Obviously, it's in time of Nehemiah that he forbade and moving any utensil other than the one specified. So this was not specified. Maklois, sticks, that now we to the Mishnah. When they had the carbon Pesach, so if they didn't have enough hooks on those be those special beams to, to, to skin the carbon Pesach, Maklois, Dakim, they had thin sticks, Halakim, smooth ones, how Yishama was there. You put it on your shoulder and the other person's shoulder. The toilet and then he could skin your carbon pesach. Rabbi Loza says that's very nice and a regular out of Shabbos. Our boss or Shacholi is Shabbos. If a Yudal was in Shabbos, when Niach Yodi al Kotsev Chaveri, you put your hand on your friend's shoulder, Biyat Chaveri, Aksev, and your hand shoulder and your your friend your hands your friend's hand and your shoulder. The toilet then you just hang the carbon pesach on your arms, and that's how each one with the other arm with the other hand. Help skin the carbon paste. Now, why can't you use the sticks? What's the issue on Shabbos? It must be that it's Muksa in the time of Nehemiah. So Rabbi Lazar was repeating a Mishnah that he learned, which go, dates back to the time of Nehemiah. In Glustra, what's the story with this bolt, with this uh, ball at the end? The Tanan, he learned like this. Negesh yesh bereshi glustra. A bolt which has this ball at the end, and therefore, t- technically, you could use it for any other usage other than a bolt, and therefore, it's considered a keli. 
Rabbi Shua, I'm ashamed to be Pesach, say you could take it off one door, but tell the to put it on another door, the Shabbos and Shabbos. And Rabbi Tarf and Amen, no, they could call a Kalim. And what? Umitautal the Chotz, you could move it around in the Chotz. What is he trying to say? So, what we understand now, the, the Machloikis is that, uh, that Rabbi Shua is telling you, Shemta, you can only drag it off, drag it on the floor from one door to the other. You can't really carry it. And Tavon says you could carry it. Now, why can't you carry it? So, um, uh, the seemingly Rabbi Shua is repeating a Mishnah dated back to Nehemiah's times that forbids any movement of any utensil, even if it's uh, permitted on Shabbos to use it. Meducha, the mortar, Hada Amora. We said before, you're not allowed to move a mortar. Why not? Probably from the time of Nehemia. Okay, so those are the four prices. Send the Gemara, Amar Rabbe, and Lavdavk. Mimai, who says? Dilma, maybe, Loyulu, maybe, Lachai, Ketal, Yul, Achar, Torah, Skil, and They all are from the later time, from the later era, not from Nehemia's times. Conning time of mine. Why the cloud that Hashem say put those half bamboos between the Lachim upon him? Mishumi Yapushi. It shouldn't spoil. Although it was a nace that it was fresh for a full week, but you have to do as much as you can to make things natural. So since bread could could uh, could become moldy, so we did whatever we could do naturally, make some airflow, and therefore, Baha'i Purto, in this bit of time from Friday to Sunday, Lima is not going to become uh, moldy. So that's why he said you don't need it, not because you're not allowed to. Why do something you don't need? No, don't move. It's the Tzernach Kufa, you could move it. You don't need it. You could do without it. Leave it alone. Maklois, about the Korban Pesach, the same thing. You don't need it. Efshik Rebbe Loza. Rebbe Loza found the trick. That's why you shouldn't move it. If you wouldn't have any choice, you would be able to move it. But it's not called Tzernach Kufa. If you have another way, that's what he's trying to say. Gulustra, this beam, is a whole different story. We're not talking about Muktza. Kid Rabbi Yane, it's talking about Rabbi Yane, like Rabbi Yane said, Rabbi Yane, the rule is like this. If you didn't make a Yerub Chatseris, you may not carry, if you have, let's say, a courtyard with many houses, all wall, proper walls with a few houses. So if you didn't make a chatzeris, you separate in the shusim, and there's a problem to carry from the house to the chatzer, from the house to the house. But anything which in the beginning of Shabbos was in the chatzer, you could move around in the chatzer as much as you want. Because only from the house to the chatzer is a problem. So here we're talking about it's a bolt in front of the house. And... It's it's in a chutz which he didn't make an eruvin. Rabbi Shua saw Rabbi Shua holds toicha pesach since it's under the doorpost. Kilifnim is like in the house. Dummy, it's like in the house. We come a talmud mono the bottom of chutz. You're going to be carrying a utensil which was in the beginning of Shabbos inside the house. You're carrying it in the courtyard. It's not allowed. Rabbi Tarvin Sovar, no toicha pesach in the chutz door in the doorway is like outside already. Umono the chutz of chutz you come a and you're carrying in the in the courtyard something which was in the beginning of Shabbos in the in the court in the courtyard, and therefore it's not a problem. So it's nothing to do with mukta. Meducha the mortar. Why are you not allowed to move it? From the which he holds, you're only allowed to move things for the designated purpose. He doesn't hold this whole stages of history, and therefore it's a, it's a, it's one person's opinion. But it does, he does not agree that these missions date date back to Nehemiah's times. Okay, so in short, we spoke about. The, the the bamboo used to mix uh, olives and they prepared for pressing uh, prepared for pressing. So on Shabbos it's always not muktzah because it's a keli, and for tuma it depends if it has uh, something blocked at the end because that makes that you could check if there's oil there afterwards. Um, later we spoke about the keli, um, uh, 
Muxa Machem's Chesuin Kis, that certain brings examples of, of, of utensils that you don't want to use for anything else other than the prohibited usage, and therefore you're not allowed to move on Shabbos, different examples. And they went through the history. We, we went through the history of uh, Muktz. So first Nehemiah made it uh, that you could only move three utensils other than the basic ones. And then later, slowly, in three stages, they made it more lenient. What are the three stages? So Abaya holds that there's a difference between uh, that by, at the end of the day, by Tzorich, by they did not permit the and they limited it to that one person could carry it. And he can't move a even to save it, he's not allowed to. Rabbi says, no, the stages proceeded in that way that are equal. And therefore, they permitted by a prohibited utensil, they permitted also the Tzorich and you're allowed to move the Tzorich uh, to protect it, you're allowed to move a permitted, a permitted utensil, and the size doesn't matter as long as you can move it, and then you sometimes move it, it's fine. Then we wanted it. Well, when was this original Gzeira and Nechemia's times? Because you remember Chalal Shams. Uh, Rabbi Lazar wanted to date back some Mishnis that sounds strange. Why are you not allowed to move permitted utensils? He wanted to date it back to the time of Nechemia. says, Rabbi, no, each one has a different explanation, and therefore not necessarily will we date it back to the time of Nechemia. Uh, 